I'm Andrew. And I'm Jessica. And this is Swingcast. The podcast where I make Andrew watch teen girl movies from the 90s. That I would not have watched because I was in Japan and I was a grown-ass man and not watching chick flicks. Yet these are some of my favorite movies, so please don't ruin the nostalgia for me, Andrew. I make no promises. <laughs> Alright, so for our inaugural pilot episode, our viewing tonight was the 1999 film 10 Things I Hate About You, which is a loose retelling of William Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew, set in a late 90s Seattle high school. And how accurate is it to Shakespeare? I'm not actually familiar with Taming of the Shrew, but there was a lot of references peppered throughout. And this is a really common genre of the time, as we'll probably see as we move through this project, where there's a lot of 90s movies based on classical literature. Hmm. For the first time out, Andrew, how did you enjoy this film? I, <laughs> you had some genuine laughs. I did have some genuine laughs. It was very tropey. 90s teen movies, 80s teen movies, which I'm a little more familiar with, there's certainly a lot of overlap between the two. So there were things that you could see coming a mile away, that they would do this, they would do that. Overall, okay, I did not, I did not hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a start. Uh, I, I did not love this movie. It was a good movie. I do love this movie. However, through the 2019 lens, there were a lot of things that jumped out at me that were glaringly offensive. Oh, yes, most assuredly, things were offensive in this movie. But then again, any movie not made all before... Uh, 2019? <laughs> <laughs> yes, any movie before 2019, it's gonna be offensive. This is true. Somebody's going to be offended. I don't really care. I I'm glad we started on this film because you didn't hate it. I feel like there was a like the fact that it has staying power means it was actually probably pretty good. So it, I'm easing you into the genre, I think. Actually, there's a lot of uh, recognizable faces in this movie, including Oscar winner, Allison Jenny, Oscar winner, Heath Ledger. I, I think that lends to some of the uh, the, the quality, the uh, legit, it legitimizes this film. Okay, I'm not a very mainstream movie watcher, so I don't know about these Oscar winners. Uh, also, the Aussie guy is Heath Ledger. Yeah. The Aussie guy was Heath Ledger. By the way, folks, that's Caroline. She's in the background. The wife. Yes. Andrew's wife. Yeah. Chiming in whenever she feels like. <laughs> Embarrassingly, I'm sure. Yeah, dropping some facts. If Andrew oh, no. pretends he's cool, oh, no. she might, she, she'll bust him. Be like, we've seen this movie five times. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, uh, this actually may be, this is going to be shocking. This may be the first movie I have seen with Heath Ledger. What? Yes. Oh yeah, we didn't all watch the Batman with him. Yeah, we didn't watch The Batman. I haven't seen The Batman that either. Batman. Have you not seen um, A Knight's Tale? No. <laughs> no. Is that a 90s movie? Uh, I think it's an early aughts. Oh, because, oh no, this is 1999 and he's yeah, young. Yeah, this was his, this. I think this was his breakout performance. 
He was probably like on Neighbors in Australia or something. Like neighbors. Every single Australian okay. person is. But uh, <laughs> I think this was his breakout role. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, no, I believe this may be the first time I've seen him acting. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this there's so much educating of you that's going to happen throughout this project, Andrew. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. But Julia Stiles, I do know who she is, and I've seen Julia Stiles before. Yeah, <laughs> you've seen her before. <laughs> <laughs> dancing, some some sort of team movie <laughs> where there was dancing. Um, it's called maybe break dancing. Save the last dance, and it's her and Sean Patrick Thomas, I believe. Oh, I feel like that needs rings to be a bell. Little, yeah, rings a bell. That could yeah. be it. Yeah, it wasn't that is, a fit. No, that is probably it. I probably uh, saw a tiny bit on TV or something. <laughs> she in another Shakespeare theme rehash, like Romeo and Juliet, or Romeo must die. What? No. Or is that Aaliyah? Oh, that, that was Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Oh, okay. Do this out. No. Julia Styles. Aaliyah. Two different. <laughs> they were both. Two different people. But I think they were both married to R. Kelly at one what? point. What? Oh, too soon. Very too soon. <laughs> no. It's not true at all. Nothing problematic about R. Kelly, is there? No. No. Oh, so, so too soon. Okay. So too soon, yet long overdue. <laughs> okay, let's talk about. And some of the things that are wildly out of character, even for the 90s, is the teachers and the guidance counselor. The guidance counselor is writing fanfic on her computer. <laughs> her giant, giant Mac laptop. Yes. This would be Oscar winner Allison Janney. <laughs> oh, okay. As part of your education. Okay. I did not yes. know who she was. How, but do you she know, was how, do you, how do you know that your guidance counselors weren't writing erotica <laughs> on work hours while you were in high school? You don't know this. I cared so little about what adults were doing when I was that age. My point. Mm. Okay. Well, there was okay. that. What so, else? oh, they were so inappropriate. The teacher in the English, the English the cool teacher, teacher, the cool teacher was so inappropriate in the things he would say to the students. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had some teachers that would tell kids they were idiots and tell them to yeah. go to the office. Like the model guy calling him Chachi. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That would be, so bringing it back to the film, the character of Joey, played by Andrew Keegan, who adorned my junior high bedroom walls. What? <laughs> yes, he featured heavily. And in <laughs> retrospect, that's one of the things that does not age. His character is appalling, <laughs> uh, absolutely appalling. Even by, was... even by 90s standards, appalling. No, but that is he was a standard that was a standard character oh true in teen movies the the rich douche yeah yeah because that that right all the 80s movies have that character in them so that didn't surprise me his character didn't surprise me it's true 
I did have one note specifically on him at one point, I think in the party scene, I wrote in all caps, Joey is so rapey. So that's probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably like, I didn't clock that as a teen. I was just like, oh, he's kind of a jerk, but he's still so cute. And like, I'll go to the prom with him unless I go to the prom with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> He was, he's supposed to be the protagonist of this movie, but I feel like he disappears and no one really cares about him or what happens to him. Right. He's, well, he's such, a, he looks like such a teenager as opposed to a 20 year old, which most high school film actors are. This is something that messed me up as a kid was watching 80s films where these were teen movies in high school, but it wasn't until maybe I was 30 or older that I, I understood that the actors playing teenagers in teen films were pushing 30. That's <laughs> why they looked like that. And that's why I didn't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is true to this day. For example, I still watch Riverdale, even though it is a flaming dumpster fire. <laughs> but all of the actors on that are like mid-twenties at minimum. Right. Yeah. But but Joseph... I guess that there's like legal reasons for that, because if they're actually teens, like you can't make them work 24-hour days and right. whatever. Union something yes. something. Yeah. And, but Child labor, yeah. that's right. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levin. I'm saying that Levitt. Right. Levitt. Uh, yeah, he looks like a teenager in this movie, which is weird, and see, he doesn't look as mature as the other ones. So yeah, even though he's the protagonist, he's overshadowed really by Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. Yeah. Yeah, he's certainly not as cool as he has become. Right, I think he has tried to become Heath Ledger in his acting. He's tried to like, Every time I see him now, he's trying to be so serious and like have gravitas. I'm like, you were on Third Rock from the Sun. Let's just <laughs> sit down for a minute. Okay, now the other character, uh, played by David Crumholtz, is that? Yeah, yeah, the friend, the classic friend yes. character. Well, <laughs> yeah. Now I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm recognizing him now. We have watched the series. What was he in? Here? Numbers. Numbers. <laughs> nice. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, I love okay. that show. He was he was the main character. He was Mr. Numbers, right? Yeah. Okay. But he was also an elf in one of his Christmas movies. Yeah, he was in Santa Claus. Santa Claus. He was Bernard the Elf. He's like he's a like. Oh, elf. Yeah. Not no, elf. He was an elf okay. in Santa Claus. He was not on elf. No. Okay. Yes. Well, anyway, getting back to him. My note here is not a teen. <laughs> He's like a forty-year-old man, but that yes. was kind of, But I mean, he belonged to like the future NBA club or whatever. Like him and like Bogie Lowenstein. Like none of them were kids. Like with their cigar humidors and like their button downs and their golf. Yes, yes, yes. And oh, who was showing up with the brie? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> that must be Simon party. with the brie. Yes. <laughs> That was hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and so I just, uh, I just thought, okay, he's not a teenager. Yeah, he's he's a a middle age, a neurotic middle aged man yes. in this movie. And it works because it's real funny. <laughs> I thought it was ridiculous, <laughs> but anyway. But on the other hand, 
he reminds me. He reminds me of a person I went to high school <laughs> named Nick. I'll not use his last name, but Nick was not a cool dude. But for some reason, he knew where all the parties were. <laughs> I don't know why. So I would be calling Nick. Hey, Nick, how's it going, man? Uh, you heard of any parties? And, <laughs> and, and I would get the party information from Nick, but I didn't really want to hang out with Nick. It was a weird thing, but yeah. I took a lot of notes in this film, but basically it was just everything that was happening on the screen in order <laughs> with no, no particular like thoughts yeah, added to it. I had a few things that I classified as homophobic, a few th like many things that were classified as Yes, like, okay, the homophobic thing was misogynistic the and non saying oh does Julia Stiles character listen to Katie Lang? Yeah. I mean, why can't you listen Katie Lang? Okay, Constant we're Canadian. Craving. Yeah, we're Canadians, <laughs> so we love everything Canadian. Katie Lang is an amazing singer. You don't so, have to be a lesbian yeah. to like Katie Lang, the point right. being. Yeah. Right. You can be a white male and like <laughs> Katie Lang. <laughs> so, of an age, yeah. though, Andrew. Of an age. Uh, of an age. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like, yeah, classic 90s homophobia. Like, oh, like when, I mean, it is the one of the funniest scenes when Joey draws a dick on David Grumbold's <laughs> face. But that, no, that's just guy oh, behavior. That's, that's, just, guy that's just normal what a guy would do. I guess it's not homophobia. It's, what's it's, the word it's what for? a guy does. Yeah. Sure. Dickhead behavior. <laughs> dick face behavior. Dick face behavior. Oh, yeah. if, if you passed out at a party, you can expect to have permanent marker. He wasn't. Uh, they were in the they were in the middle of the cafeteria. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair point. But he wanted to talk to him. He wanted to talk to Joey, and he needed to talk to Joey. So he was willing to put up with whatever nonsense, including having a dick drawn as upon his face. That's true. Also, I think probably more so than that, all of the, like, for as much fanfare they put around the main character or Julia Stiles' character being the super feminist, they always frame it in the angry feminist. She reads the bell jar for, like, casually sitting on her couch in the living room. Yes, I will yeah. agree. It was definitely some <laughs> yeah. feminism bashing. But one thing in this, in this watch of all the times I've seen this before that never bothered me so much is the dad larry miller's oh. character when i was younger i thought he was hysterical and this i was just like he's the the literal patriarchy he's the father and he is the patriarchy he's just like slut shaming just, his teenage he's just daughters trying to protect his daughters no. because he's a uh gynecologist a, not a, is he a gynecologist or obstetrician so yeah. He's, He's up to his elbows in placenta all day. <laughs> that was a hilarious line. <laughs> yes, I laughed out loud at that. But yes, yeah. there's a dad who knows what happens to teenagers. That is not what happens to teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Having been a teenage girl whose dad did not like pull out the shotgun, guess what? Teenage girls can make good choices. What? <laughs> Especially because both of these characters are set up as being, well, 
Julia Stiles' character is set up as being fairly intelligent, so, yeah. Okay, I will take that slap down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't get a say, patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, like, my insurance doesn't cover PMS when she crashed her car. yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of rage into uh, Joey's, like, Ferrari or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bit much. What else you got? Oh, the stereotypes. (laughs) Oh, you mean, like, the white Rastas? The white Rastas. But, well, that's kind of a thing. There's always (laughs) white Rastas. White people with dreads. Stop it. Please stop it. Yeah. No, the stereotypical biker bar... I don't think a biker bar really looks like it really looked like central casting. And and allows like three teenage boys to just wander in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That that they got as far as they did into the bar. Yeah. That oh, David Crumholt's character interferes with a game of pool where there's money on the line. He picked up a ball and moved it out of the way. The guy lost money. He would have lost teeth. Pretty much. So, yeah, that was weird. And why, yes, Heath Ledger as a teenager, supposed teenager, is at a bar. Wait a minute, it's Seattle. The drinking age is 21. (laughs) None of them can get anywhere near a bar. Oh, I had a note on that as well. In the party scene, there was very clear product placement of Budweiser. This movie was targeted at children. (laughs) <laughs> and that was like the only specific product placement in the entire movie. Wow. Okay, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and well, what about Cuervo? They mentioned oh, Cuervo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that may not have been a product sponsor. I think that was more just like tequila slaying. I guess so. Okay. Oh, and Club Skunk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jessica, did you ever go to Seattle? To go to clubs? No. Oh. <laughs> I lived Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jessica, did you go to clubs at all? Yes, of course I okay. went to clubs. Okay, you went to Der Club. I went to Der Club, but okay. I grew up in Victoria where Der Club oh. was like just a bunch of university students like dancing oh. to Christina Aguilera. And it shut it down at 10 because it's Victoria. Pretty much. Right. Okay. Pretty much. I would have needed to take a ferry and a bus to get to Seattle, so. Hmm, okay. It was, not, it was not my scene. But Club Skunk, what is, it was like an alternative club? Oh, it was a- what, 90s alt club? It was an angry girl music of the indie rock persuasion club. Right! As they <laughs> as they call it in, in the film. So, so much like letters to Cleo. I don't, like this, I feel like, I heard that a lot in the 90s, Letters to Cleo, Save Ferris, but only in the context of these movies, because otherwise, like, they, they weren't getting radio play, like, it was 1999, like, I think, like, that was Britney, that was Backstreet Boys, it was, like, Mambo number five, like, it wasn't... Or, it was the opposite, remember XFM? Which no. only played angry, screamo kind of music. Oh, I don't. No? Okay. <laughs> That was not my scene. I, I refer you back to Brittany. Brittany, yes. <laughs> Christina Aguilera. 1999. I would have been saving all my money to go see the Backstreet Boys. 
Okay. Same then <laughs> as it is now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and okay, jumping back to that party with the Budweiser, it made me laugh when everybody just flows into this rich guy's at house the same at time. the same time. I wrote right. that down yeah. too. It was like it was everybody like were, just shows what, up. Did they all just kind of wait and then they hit en masse? The guy puts a speaker down on a table and then it turns like one second later, there's a DJ. He's already got his setup going <laughs> and he's already scratching on on the decks. It was <laughs> made me laugh so hard as that no setup time. What? <laughs> Drove me crazy. Uh, but the music, there, there was a lot of cool tunes of, of, the, of the era. Uh, Push It, Salt and Pepper. That was cool. That would have been old at the time of this film. That is true. It was like yeah, five that's or right. six years old. That that's least. right. That's right. Because I remember I was in I was in Sydney, Australia when I first heard Push It. I was in first grade and probably didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a young one. I know. Okay. And then uh, Thompson Twins, Walk This ooh, walk this Way? No. That was Aerosmith. That was Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was something, a uh, walk something. And it, it was a Thompson Twins song. And I was big I, into Thompson Twins I picked back up a... in the day. But yeah, that actually, that's, they're 80s. So yeah. that was retro. Yeah. So that was oh like, that was also part of Julia Stiles' character was that she wasn't into like, the same music as everybody else because right. all her indie bands because like that's why when she was dancing to notorious big hypnotize at the party <laughs> classic scene <laughs> that it was like so out of character for her right and smash mouth makes an appearance in the music but it's you think it was a cover i think it was a cover like a pre i, I did some i did some googling during the film and it was like that song's been recorded like nine times it was like from the 60s or something some other band i can't remember what the song is now it's not important okay why don't we move it on to our section breaking it down for millennials yeah so because it was based on a shakespeare play other than the fashion there wasn't a ton of touch points where it was like really 90s a few that I wrote down because they jumped out. The dad with the yes, pager. Yes, I was just going to say. Yeah. The dad has a pager. Well, because he's a doctor. Yeah. And important people had pagers. Then he went to the landline because you see him go into the kitchen and he's picking up a corded telephone. Mm -hmm. Although they're a fancy family. Hey, well, you can tell it's, it's a yeah. rich neighborhood. It's a big house because the daughter has a has a cordless phone in her hand. So they're a two phone home. That wasn't weird in 1999. Two lines into a house? We ha I had that. What? Yeah. Okay, my parents were cheap. <laughs> <laughs> There's no so way were mine, we but like 1999 wasn't the 60s, Andrew. It wasn't ah. like the party line. You didn't have to like pick up the phone and like tell the operator who you wanted to talk to. We had a party line. <laughs> You didn't have to tell the operator, Point. but you did have to you did have to lift the phone gently and listen to see if there was a conversation in progress. Because this this was very a very short time 
way, 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 way back. But yes, we did have a party line. So, oh, yes, what, I'm old. What else, what else screamed 90s at you from this film? Oh, that infomercial for GLH. <laughs> what's, yeah. what's it stand for? Great good, looking hair. Great looking hair. Oh, that was hilarious. It was, it was, I remember those because it was the... Uh, Spray on hair. Yeah, but that infomercial, it was like part of the... Oh, it's oh, like the food dehydrator. Ron Pope Yeah, Ron, oh my the God, Ron Pope food dehydrator. Ronco. And then they're like, hey, wait a minute. While we're waiting for this food to dehydrate, I'm just going to touch up my bald spot. And they promoted the hair on the dehydrator infomercial. I remember watching it lots of times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another thing is the amount of live bands. Yes. In uh, There's a live band at a prom. Come on, like even in the 80s, you didn't have a live band at a prom. I think that's the way a lot of movies circumvent like having to pay royalties for all the songs. So they either like pay one actual band to play their own songs or just have like a, like a generic movie band playing non-real music at proms and stuff. It's pretty common, like TV shows, movies, anything teen prom always live music i think also too because these these are movies being written by screenwriters who are 40 <laughs> 55 years old very true and they're thinking of their proms where very true where they would have had a live band but even when i went to prom yeah there, there wasn't a live band at prom it would be a dj or See, something like that when i was in high school it was the much music video dance wow okay <laughs> that yeah that so yeah that, that predates me a little bit i think maybe that oh that might have started when i was in high school maybe maybe Not, i don't know yeah it was yeah once a year we got because we had like four or five school dances a year and like once a year was the much music video dance where like giant tv screens that played music videos much music yeah and not only was it a live band it was a live ska band <laughs> oh my god yeah like was ska ska wasn't a thing in 1999 was it did yeah. it go through oh, oh it, it, it was three it was coming through again it was huge i okay. remember because i had this group of friends that were really into ska music i was not yeah and we had some sort of graduation party and i wanted to like go do stuff that the cool kids were doing and like there were activities it was like a where you wore like a velcro suit and like hurled yourself at a velcro wall and stuff like that where <laughs> and like food and drink but my friends wanted to like sit outside in the freezing cold and like sing acapella cake songs <laughs> do what? you remember the, the band cake like I, I remember I, short I, I skirt can... and a long jacket like and I just oh, remember sitting God, in the freezing yes. cold while they like harmonized cake and I was like this is I this need your better friends. friends. Your, yes. I was just, <laughs> just about to shame you for your friends. <laughs> Actually, some of them are still my friends. <laughs> my best friends at that, so hopefully. Oh, okay. Another thing was a Siegfried and Roy reference. Yes. Yes. Do you think anyone these days knows who Siegfried and Roy is? Ooh, good call. Yeah. No, I don't okay, think so. Okay, Siegfried and Roy 
were... They, well, now were there's they, only one of them, because the tiger killed one of them, right? No, no, it didn't kill him. Oh. It didn't kill him. It maimed him. They had a show in Las Vegas. They were known for having white tigers and having a big Las Vegas show. And one day, finally the tigers had enough and, and attacked one of the guys. And uh, that put the show on hold. I don't, I don't know what happened to them. They may have stopped. No, I think one of the guys died, but he, maybe he had cancer or something. Mm. Something horrible. Rest in peace, Siegfried and or Roy. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, like, the main thing dating this movie is the fashion. Right. I mentioned already the butterfly clips in the hair. All the girls had the, the <laughs> same hairstyle with the butterfly clips. There are photos of me with that same hairstyle from the 90s. Overall, the the boys' fashion has aged a lot better than mm. the girls' fashion, with the exception of Joey. Like, everything right. he wore, like no, suit. that was straight out of the eighties. That his was all it? of the clothes. Oh yeah, like his his oversized baggy suit. The uh, the look was so eighties. Like you would see again the douche character of the eighties movies dressing like a. That was like a rich person's dressing style. Like, like he was wearing a teenage suits boy wearing suits. Armani, yes. He'd be wearing Armani to right. school. So that was, a, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it was terrible. But yeah, like, well, even uh, Kremholtz, I mean, he was dressed like an old man. Nerdy, yes. But I was like well, looking at him, I was like, well, if someone was dressed like that, I guess a te- if a teen was dressed like that these days, it would be weird. But if a just like a 30-year-old man was dressed that way, I'd be like, it's perfect perfectly acceptable also like everything that Heath Ledger wore excellent (laughs) (laughs) I have zero complaints (laughs) zero complaints yeah but I I was amused by all of the the rumors because back (laughs) before the internet uh, what? Yeah, okay. they could they, just they, check, check. Yeah, you can't Facebook. just fact check. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was no Facebook in '99. I don't. There think. was internet though. There was internet, yes, but you couldn't fact check things. So no. the idea that there were all these wild rumors that you couldn't, you couldn't check up on. Like he ate a live duck. Everything except <laughs> the beaks and the feet. The beak and the feet. That he sold a liver, one of his livers, so he could buy something ridiculous. Yeah. One of his livers? Uh, how many livers do you have, Andrew, you alien overlord? Yeah, all, all, oh, that he had been in prison for yeah. a year. And he jokes about having a porn career. <laughs> well, that one you'd find on the internet for sure. Sure, oh, okay. That's the easiest thing to find on the internet. <laughs> Although the one, actually, I have, I have one exception to his excellent fashion. When he goes to Club Skunk, he is wearing blue leather pants, baggy leather pants. Baggy? Yeah, they were appalling. (laughs) Appalling. At Club Skunk, where he says, I can't be seen at Club Skunk, yet he walks in and the bartender knows him by name. Right, right. (laughs) Okay, that was inconsistent. What was the, there was a line, I wrote it down because it jumped out. Bikers full of sperm. Oh, because the dad's afraid of, like, his daughter's being impregnated. Oh, So he thinks right. that 
Where's you, where's Bianca going? Oh, to a biker bar with lots of bikers. Full of sperm, because like she's gonna go get impregnated by some bikers. Part of the his controlling slut shaming his daughters and oh, okay. controlling their reproductive autonomy. I like I, I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> enough to write it down. Enough to write it down. <laughs> Not enough to remember. Oh yeah, but wasn't the last time big sperm? Oh <laughs> right. Yeah, I think yeah. Full of sperm. Full. Big sperm. <laughs> that was crazy. Okay, there was one really weird moment when she was reading her poetry in class. Yes. And so she's standing at the front of the class, and there's a whole row of binders by the window. Mm-hmm. There was a binder that said Waco. Wait, what? 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 Yes, there was a binder. <laughs> And written down, it was W-A-C-O. And it was immediately, I saw that and go, wait a minute. So as soon as we stopped, I, I Google searched, when did Waco, Texas happen? And it happened in 1993. Okay. Movies are full of these little things where people are putting in things. Like the with, art director was the like art a director, conspiracy theorist this, or yes, something? Yes, exactly. So... It it just I could not listen to her 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 speech. Her, her see. Meanwhile, I could listen to nothing but her like super cringy teenage poem because I related so hard to like the angst and the terrible rhyme scheme. I I guarantee you, I wrote poems very similar to this. While I watched that scene, I was thinking of David Koresh and the Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas, and the disaster <laughs> where wow. they all died because the government killed them. Y- y- wow, <laughs> way to make it dark. That was an excerpt from Andrew's one-man play, The Truth and Other Damned Lies. Yeah, that was dark, okay. Okay, <laughs> hey, I think, I think we, on that note, <laughs> it's time to wrap up. Okay. And as the movie wraps up with another live band <laughs> on the roof of the high school that nobody seems to be paying attention to. Everyone's just kind of go, milling around on the ground, seemingly completely oblivious to the fact that there's another live band. Yeah. Who I think, I think they, oh, I'm going to like, okay, I'm going to like alternate universe this a bit. So you know how the, that same band shows up at the prom? And Heath Ledger had called in some favors. Yes. Okay. Called maybe in a favor. I think like maybe he has like some dark like crime connections, and now that band is in indentured servitude. <laughs> or maybe, or here, but better theory, that band is a ghost band, and they haunt that school. <laughs> I like the ghost band theory. Uh, I'm on board with, yeah. with the ghost band theory. I, I didn't realize, like, I guess as a teen watching this, I didn't realize it was actually filmed in Seattle and around Seattle. Next time I drive down to Seattle, I'm stopping at that high school where it was filmed. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna check you're going to have to go to Tacoma. Yes. Oh, that's past Seattle, isn't it? What else? Oh, yes. I have to drive down there in April. I'm going. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> Checking it out. Oh, well, at least the Space Needle is still standing. <laughs> True. Oh yeah, it's like watching movies it's, in New York City from pre two thousand and one. Yes. Like oh, 
Oh. Yes. <laughs> Dark times we live in. Shame. Let's go back to the 90s. Things are simpler. How do we wrap this up? Yeah, I've touched on it a few times already, but ultimately we want to wrap this up by seeing does this movie hold up? In modern speak, does it slay or was it just okay? I will say it's just okay. A little better than just okay. It was fine. It was a, a, a teen movie. I was not overwhelmed by this. I tried not to shit all over this. <laughs> and ruined, you liked and... it. <laughs> like I said, it was okay to middling. <laughs> it slayed. Okay. Still, despite despite its problems, it's still in the canon of teen movies. Mm. I will force my children to watch it one day. <laughs> so that's the end of episode one of Swimcast. Hopefully there will be an episode two of this experiment that we're embarking upon. Please be kind, as this was our first attempt. It was fun. Yes, I I like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to also thank Stermonix for the theme songs and incidental music and uh, editing this podcast. If you are so inclined, you can find us on the social media at Swimcast. That's S-W-Y-M cast on Twitter and Instagram. And, and see you next time. Cut to theme music. Hey, Stermonix here. Before you run away, check out this song called Dark Age Ahead by Mr. Rust featuring Stermonix. Mr. Rust can be found on Spotify, Bandcamp, and SoundCloud. Check them out.
As an added bonus, here's an outtake from episode 00, the teaser trailer for the podcast. We'll take a look at these movies through a 2019 lens to see if they hold up. We'll pick out the glaring 90s elements that completely date them, fashion, technology. Uh, for myself, I will see if all the crushes I had on boys also hold up or if they're deeply problematic. And I'll make Andrew see if he has any inappropriate crushes on teen girls. <laughs> nope. That's not right. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> nope, that's not it. It's pretty good. <laughs> so I feel like it needs to be in context because then if we say Mila Kunis and then I have to explain CC, Andrew yeah. likes Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis was 14. I did not know that Mila Kunis was 14 when she was on that 70s show. Nobody did. She lied about it. <laughs> so, Andrew, was there... Who was your Mila Kunis in this film? I did not have a Mila Kunis in 10 Things I Hate About You. Fantastic. Uh, none of these characters was that appealing. No, they really were <laughs> not. <laughs> Yes, as a grown-ass man, teenage girls, not appealing. Not appealing. I feel like it's problematic. <laughs> I feel like that's because it's been our joke for so long. It's not going to track. <laughs> Let's just like in the next, the next one, let it come organically. Okay. Swimcast is brought to you by ABC, the Anunnaki Broadcast Corporation, and heard on Nibiru Networks across the Tri-Galaxy region. Nibiru Networks, holograms so real you can touch them. Like, oh my god!